Friday night, there's that man, Carl Johnson, Biloxi, Mississippi, the Beau Rivage Sports and Race Book Director. That's him up there up top right. He's Bill Berman, parts unknown. And we don't know what, frankly, he is going to say, but it is going to be epic on a one more podcast. I'm just Ryan Hyatt, hanging out with you guys, the tour guide. Hey, we're brought to you this week by Best Products. Your local Best Products is ready to help you get a great camcorder for the upcoming football season, maybe a new answering machine, and of course, some fine watches and jewelries. Happy one more podcast, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Carl, Bill, what's going on? And what the hell do you all do with Stevie? <laughs> yeah, I think Stevie's still hunting for shrimp, but don't that music get your blood just... Uh... Oh. Man, uh, I mean, uh, look, it's that time of the year. I mean, everybody's getting ready. I mean, this basketball's over. I think the hockey end tonight. Uh, I mean, my blood is pumping. I, I love that music. What do you think, Bill? There is, listen, here's, here. I, you know, you just made me think of this. As a man, if you want to test how much testosterone you have, you play that music and you should stop dead in your tracks, no matter where you are in the world. And, and be fired up, right? Yep. If you hear that music, if you if, if you if you don't react to that music, we got to ask some serious questions about you, and you probably shouldn't be listening to this pod. That's right. <laughs> I, I may or may not play that during romantic interludes with my wife. I'm not saying I, I do. I'm not saying. Yeah, we said it before. She's a lottery winner. I mean, she's Absolutely. a lucky lady. Lucky, lucky lady. <laughs> we got we got to move fast tonight. We got a lot of stuff going on, and we are getting closer to football we will look at some football tonight uh we got college world series going on and then whatever else means stagger into the time that we have with you wonderful folks here on the podcast you want when you want one more podcast uh we are about to finish up the finals of the college world series carl i don't know down there with the old miss influence at beau rivage uh the heavy sec influence how that's played at the book i would imagine the handle's been pretty good it's going to be oklahoma i thought they got screwed out of posting by the ncaa selection committee and they've been one of the best teams since mid-April. And then Ole Miss, the last team in out of the field. This would be literally like the last team in in the NCAA basketball tournament going to the national championship game. What are you guys getting down there on this? Uh, well, I can tell you, man, we, we've, had, we've had a better handle with college baseball uh, than we have with major league baseball so far. It's, uh, you know, and the fact that, you know, Ole Miss is in there, um, you know, just makes it a, a, a whole lot better for us. I mean, we're an old Miss book, hotty toddy. I mean, that's all you hear on Saturdays, you know, between them and the LSU fans. I mean, so uh, SEC big uh, is ba baseball, any SEC sport, big time for us. It's going to be an exciting College World Series down here. Our book is going to be packed for it. What about your neck of the woods and how college baseball is playing over there at uh, you know, Thomas Gable's place down there at the Borgata, if you can get people away from Michael Lombardi when he's having a steak or something. Is it is it resonating? Is it doing anything for you up that way? Uh, I'll, I'll be dead honest with you, Ron. I don't, I don't think it does resonate that much up here. You know, um, the uh, I, I've always been interested in it since I've been following you on Twitter and talking to you boys. I've got a lot more interested in it. But I, it's always been sort of like this – weird shiny object in the room this time of year on TV that you love to watch, but it doesn't resonate as much. Of yeah. And I think as we look at what's going to go on this weekend uh, from a wagering standpoint, I like Oklahoma. I think Ole Miss may actually be a better team, but Oklahoma is so set up. They played the minimum number of games in Omaha that you can get there. Their pitching is 100% set. 
They won three. They've had multiple days off now getting ready. They have their number one starter going tomorrow. I'm not going to bore everybody with a complete breakdown. Ole Miss is a pitcher behind, but not just a starting pitcher behind, although Delucia did a great job in that complete game. Their bullpen's still a little bit tor torched from trying to go through Arkansas. The thing that's intrigued me, uh, Carl, and, and I don't know, you know, again, how much action y'all are getting. This has been a weird CWS on the totals, on the runs scored. It, it was early on, the runs were a little higher than they usually are because usually the better pitchers keep them down. Then as the tournament goes on, the runs balloon. It went the other way. And I saw they were hanging 11 and a half, I think, for tomorrow on a total. I kind of like, I kind of like an under on that with these good starting pitchers going. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, uh, uh, Ryan, I'll be honest with you. You know, it, uh, for me, betting college baseball, and I have, um, you know, just with those metal bats, uh, you know, the wins. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever bet a college baseball under in my life. Uh, I mean, I just, uh, you know, and they get up there pretty high. Uh, interesting enough, uh, we do have the total posted, and I think we have it at 11 and a half. Uh, but during the regular season, when we're covering SEC, we don't post totals. Uh, it's, it's just so hard to do. Uh, you know, and like I said, right? I, I, I had no idea that was the case. Is that right? Oh, they're, they're, well, I mean, you can see totals bill at uh, 16 and a half. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's a, the, they, it's a totally different game than the pro game. Uh, you know, those metal bats, and you just get just a little bit of breeze blowing out. Hell, me and you can still hit them out of the park, I think. Well, no reason to take a shot at you and I. I think you and I could hit them out of the park. Anyway, I mean, but you know what? That's the equivalent of trying to get a total up here on beer league softball. Yeah. That, that's, what that, that's, that's the same equivalent. Yeah, but Ryan, you make a good point. I mean, this short series like that, you know, Oklahoma, you know, it's so, so important to have your pitching lined up for – for a short, you know, a three-game series, possibly. Uh, so, I mean, you're right. I, I, I like I, I like Oklahoma. Uh, uh, you know, Ole Miss, a great ball club. It's going to be interesting, but uh, the pitching is really key there. Well, I'll tell you, if anybody's wondering, there ain't no Big 12 love around these parts. Texas Tech <laughs> people are all about Ole Miss winning. You don't want to see the team you've got to go against win a national championship. You've got to recruit against them in your own backyard. So it is completely bim bam flim flam hotty totty gosh somebody who the hell are we out here in west texas this week? i got can i ask one question though on old miss to you guys so so lombardi tells me that you know because my daughter was actually looking at old miss at one point for school um he tells me you know an old miss fan when you see them down there like they are they stand out you know exactly who they are way the way they dress all that stuff Give me some color on that. Like, what what is an what is your classic old Miss fan down there? Uh, well, I mean, look, Lombardi's right. You you when if you was to put so if you take the power power five conference teams, you know, just think about them. You know, in the different areas of the country they live in, and then you put, you know, you get a fan from each, uh, and you dress them. Uh, you'll be able to say. That some bitch right there is from Ole Miss. That's what he says. That guy's that's, that's just the culture, you know. I mean, you got, you know, you, you, you guys up north, uh, uh, they may be going to, to games, you know, with ties on and, and, you know, I don't know. Up here? No, no. We got, we're, we're a bunch of scumbags up here. Yeah, right? no, I mean, you know, we, we, <laughs> you got, we got shirts off. We're oiled up. You, yeah. got, you, got, you know, we're probably going to slug it down as half a slice of pizza on one side of our mouth. Well, that uh, would. 
that and that fits in down here. That that's work that works down here because that's what you're gonna see. But yeah, you know, you're gonna see the hats on backwards. You're gonna see probably overalls. You're gonna see. I mean, they wear their old Miss garb. They got a you know chaw tobacco in their mouth. I mean, they're good old country boys. They love their sports. Brian, can you add anything to that description? Actually, I can. This one hits a little close to home. My brother is a uh, went to Mississippi State. So I got a little bit on the uh, old Egg Bowl rivalry and everything else. Uh, but the easiest way I can sum it up is he told me one time, difference between State uh, and uh, the old Miss grads, the old Miss kids looked like they had grown up going to the dentist in the library. And the guys at Mississippi State looked like they'd been noodling catfish. <laughs> the guys from Mississippi State do noodle catfish. <laughs> I know what noodling catfish is, actually. I've seen I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's dangerous, but it's fun. Yeah, uh, who wants to live forever? Yeah, and, and if you had noodling cat, if you had noodling catfish on your bingo on your one more podcast bingo scorecard, <laughs> we just handled it. So you won early. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You want some college baseball? We gave you noodling catfish. And dance. <laughs> All right, hey, it is the uh, one more podcast. Glad you guys are watching. Everybody, if you're not subscribing, please subscribe. Also, rate uh, the uh, if you like it. Now, if you think we suck, don't rate it. But if you like what we're doing, rate it. Share it with some friends. Let's get on to some NFL because. It's going to be, a, we're just a couple of days from July. July to me is when the NFL season really begins with training camp and everything. And the broad 35,000 foot look at the Super Bowl odds right now. Um, I've got some in front of me. I don't know, Carl, what you guys are hanging there at the Beauregard. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, so I can, I, can, I can just run them down real quick. Yeah, we got the, you know, the Bills are leading. Uh, they're, uh, they're six and a half to one. Uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, seven and a half to one. The Chiefs are nine to one. Green Bay and the Rams are eleven, um, and you know that's the top five right there. And it just scales down from there. Can, can I ask one quick question, Carl? I was, you know, I, as we were prepping for the show, and I was looking at this. Um, are these state bets? They are they suckers bets, right? Like you can bet the state of California for four and a half to one, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you, do you do you just want to line those people up yourself and just bring them in by the thousands as their bet states? Or is that interesting, right? Like, that's just fun nonsense betting, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, and to be honest with you, look, so when, you know, and this is, again, this is, this is the industry that I'm in, but I have my own personal opinions about this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm able to look at it from a business standpoint. And then, you know, the, because the majority of my life, I've been on the other end of it. I've been as a, you know, as a better. So I, I, I see that standpoint, too. And it's just my personal opinion. I mean, like, like the Bills, okay, six and a half to one. So to me, you know, I'm not going to let, you know, my money's got to sit with the book for, you know, 10 months. I mean, I'm not. I'm not interested in in playing a wager at six and a half to one. You're better off if you just play the Bills money line and just you know double it every game or something like that. You know, just play them straight up. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, right? People don't, you know. And again, if you look, if you're just having fun, you don't care about you know seriously about it. You don't have to be that serious about it. It's just the point of letting your money sit there all season. That's right. right. Like why why are you doing that? Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, if you've got some kind of, you know, hunch on a team and we can go through all these odds, there's some interesting stuff out there. Like, I, I personally think, Brian, and I, and I don't want to jump ahead of you because I think you want to talk about some of this, but, but like the Raiders at, at, 
35 to one right now. 35 to one are kind of an interesting team to me yeah. right now, given what they did in the offseason. That was just like one that jumped off. The board. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Bill, I think that's the way to, to go about it. You know, nothing, you know, I'm going to play some futures, but right. and, and my, and my point is I'm not going to play futures at teams for like six and a half to one. I'm not going to do it. If I'm going to, if they're going to keep my hundred dollars or $200, it's going to be on a team like the Raiders that's 35 to 1. You know, I'll get $3,500 back. That's worth them having my money for eight, nine months. Yeah. Uh, and that's an interesting team. That's that's one of the teams, you know, when we <clears throat> first said that we was going to do this, that's one of the teams that I have underrated. Uh, I've got three, te- four teams underrated, and that's that's one of the teams. I, I agree with you on them. And that is for anybody who's rolling their eyes out there and saying, well, you're, you're Lombardi's buddy, his kid, his kid's coach. And they're like, I don't get emo. My wife can tell you, I don't get emotional about shit like that. Like he could be, I root for him if he was on a shitty team, but I don't, I would never put my money to work on him. They're actually a really interesting. Um, they've made a lot of off season. They've done a lot of off season work. Obviously Devonte Adams headlined, that um, that offseason uh, transaction stuff that they went through. Um, the other one that's interesting um, that jumped out and Ryan again. Sorry if I'm getting ahead of you, but I'm curious on on your guys' opinion on this. Is the Chargers too? Uh, that I mean, that division is to everybody knows this. That division is going should be at least on paper the way it looks a bloodbath this year. Somebody's got to lose some games in the AFC West. Somebody does. That's the most interesting division in football for sure. I love the way the Chargers have added pieces and parts around Herbert and and what they're trying to do, particularly on the defensive side of the football, that they're trying to get better. But I just sit here this time of year and I go, man, okay, there's in, in any equation, there's what we know, there's what we think we know, and there's what we don't know. There's a whole lot more that we don't know about any of these teams today compared to September 1st, I look more along the lines of, are, are there any fun, what's what's the biggest fundamental change on any of the teams up at the top? Who really got better? Who really got worse? You can't tell me that the Green Bay Packers got better just because Aaron Rodgers came back. It didn't go somewhere else when you lose Devontae Adams. You can't tell me that they addressed some things uh, to add to the offense on that. So I look at a, a Green Bay Packers, you know, at plus a thousand or whatever, I go, Okay, I'm not buying that. I winnow out this time of year more than I build up. It's a negative equation for me. That that's a really interesting way to go about it. Because I, by the way, I complete. I like these preseason polls. Um, Packers at you know roughly eleven to one. Yeah, they're eleven. Eleven to one. I I, I don't see it. I, I I do not see it right now. And by the way, the other one. And by the way, I you know Tom Brady should be chuckling as I say this because I said this. Uh, two years ago when he won the Super Bowl. But again, them at seven and a half to one. I, 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 we know Father Time's all, is, is undefeated. Brady's still in a match with a wrestling match with him. But I, seven and a half to one. That's, fuck, that's, that's, that's crazy that's, to me. That is crazy. And, and you know, look, another thing too, uh, you know, in, in looking at these season win totals, uh, the Bills are at eleven and a half. Tampa Bay at eleven and a half. Now, that you know, let's let's assume for a second at Brady's age that he doesn't play, that he misses two or three weeks for injury. You you can kiss that eleven and a half. 
I mean, I don't know if they can get to 12 wins with Brady having a good year. I mean, I just, I just don't, you know, and uh, that that's one of the season total uh, uh, bets that I do like is the under 11 and a half, you know, uh, and they're seven and a half to one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, that's the Brady. Uh, that's just the public betting Brady. That's what they're yep. doing. Yep. Now, Gronk's retired for the second time, so he's not going to be there. And, you know, that that's Brady's go-to guy. It doesn't matter what kind of talent. I, I know they got talent besides Gronk, but still, that's the guy that he relied on right there, and he's gone. I think you, well, you made me think you just said season win totals, and, and where are we on the Chiefs for the season uh, win totals? Chiefs are at, Chiefs are at 10 and a half, and that's, that's a lot. Now, now, where was that number? Remind people roughly where that number was last year, wasn't it? Was it? Was 11 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I remember – all our friends on Beeson, and this is not a criticism because I thought nobody could figure out where they were going to get five losses on that schedule last year, right? That's right. So where I'm going with this is what Ryan just talked about a minute ago, which is like who looks overrated, kind of a lot of volatility and change. The Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs. I mean, they took away their number one weapon. I understand they brought other weapons in. Andy Reid, unbelievable coach, has a hell of a track record, but he also has a track record of, and we all know this about coaches, there's a point where that window begins to shut on a coach after a number of years. That's what happened with the Eagles. He was unbelievable with the Eagles. But there's a lot of change on that, on that, on that Chiefs roster. They're not the same team. Um, so to me, like the, of those top tier teams where you say, okay, who looks inflated? Who looks, I think the bills are probably right where they should be. Yeah. I don't but, want to pile on on the chiefs, but I'll do it a little bit here. We yeah, kind of hyper-focus on them in my market because Patrick Mahomes, obviously the quarterback went to Texas tech. I think there's something going on behind the scenes with Eric, the enemy, the offensive coordinator. I don't know exactly what it is. There were a lot of off-season, right after the season ended, reports about that final game there against Cincinnati, the play call selections going in right before the half and the weird play call and just all sorts of stuff. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't sit right. This team, if you go back to Andy Reid's son having that car accident before the Super Bowl, I, just something's not right. And I'm trying not to put too much on, a, on, a, on a, something you can't quantify, but there's just – a little bit off here, a little bit off there, and then you add in the fact that almost everybody in the division has gotten fundamentally better. Yeah, Each of yeah, those teams yeah. is fundament, fundamentally better than when the season ended a year ago, yeah. particularly yeah. Denver. Those are a lot of games they've got to play against better teams. I'm, I'm on a fade the Chiefs bandwagon on a win total this I, year. I'm I think you. they can still get in the playoffs and do damage, but I fade the win total. I'm with you, Ryan, and, and I, I wouldn't underestimate that. I think, look, football – is a lot of times about incremental shifts one way or the other. And you can't tell me, look, putting the whole package together, that the Chiefs, you're more confident in the Chiefs this year than you were last year. And look what happened last year. And there is something with the enemy. And, and nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to talk about it. But ask yourself this question. If a coach has been the top candidate in the league, for several years now in terms of a head coaching position. And everybody in the league is staring at him and saying he should be a head coach. And he doesn't get a head coaching job. Why is that? Yeah. 
Ask yourself that. The good question. Good question. And interesting enough, <clears throat> listen to these win totals. Something's got to give. Chiefs are at ten and a half. Denver's at ten and a half. Chargers at ten and a half. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> that goes back to what Ryan said when we started this whole thing. Somebody in that division is going to have to lose some games. They play each other. That's they play not... each other twice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, each right. other twice. And I think the charge people are sleeping on the Chargers a little bit. I, 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 I think they are. That's a hell of a quarterback. They did. I think they. Ryan mentioned this earlier as well, which is they didn't necessarily do the you know splashy things. I know Khalil Mack and and, and that stuff, but they 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 are trying to smartly build around him, and they see the window they have, and that is a talented kid. Yeah, I mean he, he was doing a hell of a lot with a lot less talent a couple of years ago. All right, so I'm going to give you guys, in looking through this stuff, I'm going to give you guys my three teams that I think are overrated. And when I say overrated, I think they're overrated a little bit on the win totals and on the Super Bowl market. And my three teams that I think are overrated are the Chiefs, Tampa Bay, and this is going to be an unpopular one with our guests because they're so popular, the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys make the playoffs. That's a personal opinion. But so that's my overrated group. My underrated group is Denver, the Chargers, and the Colts. I think those three are underrated. So uh, I will come back at you. And I'm a, everybody who knows me, you know, I am a Cowboy fan. So I don't know how you read that because I'm actually, a lot of people will tell you, well, you're always down on them. Carl, I, I would take probably the same three as overrated, but I'll change it up just to be interesting, and I'll say the Packers maybe, and I'll pull out the Buccaneers, let's just say, I, just to be different. Yeah. But that four-pack to me, Packers, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Cowboys, all in the overrated camp. I'm going to take the Chargers, uh, uh, the Raiders, and who else would I put in the underrated camp? Just given, you know, what they I, – the Broncos are in there. I like that choice. I'll throw the Bengals back in there. Like, I don't – Yeah. tell me what the – the Bengals got better they're, and they were in the Super Bowl last and year. And by the way, they had a hell of a shot at winning that Super Bowl. Yeah, and then, interesting enough, they're at the exact same number that they were at. They're at 20 to 1. That's the exact same number they were at, at two weeks prior to the Super Bowl. Wow. 20 That's to incredible. I'm with you on the overrated. I'll say this about the uh, about the Cowboys: the, the the offensive line has been a grease fire. Mike McCarthy is still the coach, but it's okay, everybody. He learned analytics. He's been hanging out with Jill Alexander. He understands it implicitly now. He's better than Sean McVay. Uh, if the uh, rookie offensive lineman out of Tulsa maybe pans out, that could help them out a little bit. But here's the advantage the Cowboys have: they're in the NFC East. It's the opposite of the AFC West somebody's got to win some games in that division. Yeah, You stagger into the playoffs. You can win some games. And that's good for Jerry Jones because it masks all the, uh, you know, problems that they have that they'll, they'll stagger in with 10 or something on those lines. I, I love the underrated on, on Denver. I would love it more if they were in the NFC East. Yeah. That's the problem. You can be a much better team in that division. So I kind of go back with the Bengals. It's almost like everybody's like, well, that just happened and we're not going to care anymore and everything. No, they got better. They They're got a better. football team. Yeah. 
They they, they got they got better, and I and I I love your comment on McCarthy because, uh, I, you know I I was, I, sometimes you know you don't have to make it that complicated sometimes in life. Just listen to somebody in their press conference, uh, in this league. Listen to how they talk about their team. Listen to how they strategize. When he was with Green Bay, I thought he was overrated. Right, I thought that was yeah. a lot of Aaron Rodgers and not that much Mike McCarthy. Um, does Mike McCarthy, to your point on analytics, we'll say it. I mean, who, who cares? We're on we're on our silly little podcast here, so we'll just say what we want to say. But does Mike McCarthy strike you as a guy that understands analytics? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I don't think he understands how to reprogram the microwave clock when the power goes out. <laughs> Well, let's not go there. I have problems. But I understand your point. <laughs> hey, hey, let me ask you a question, Ryan. Because all these different, you know, like Chicago Cubs, White Sox, Yankees, Mets. So in Texas, how do you guys determine, I mean, so how do you determine the Houston Texan, Dallas Cowboy type fan? So where, where's the where's the Mason-Dixon line on that? Houston, even even before the Texans with the Oilers, it was always Houston proper. I mean, that was it. The Oilers had Houston. The Cowboys had everything else. And then you would be like, it was okay to be an Oilers fan if you were a Cowboy fan growing up in the 70s and 80s because they were like your other team. They yeah. were harmless, you know. But it really is. It, the footprint of the, of the Cowboys is statewide. The footprint of the Houston Texans and the Oilers before that very regional down there in South Texas. Gotcha. So, so where you guys, where the area of the world that you live in, you guys are a Dallas, y'all are Dallas backers. Yeah, we're 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 closer to Denver than we are Houston. Yeah, <laughs> right. I ain't kidding. I, I know. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> West, West Texas is one hundred percent Dallas Cowboy territory. Gotcha. Yeah, we have family down. We had family down that way. A bunch of uncle that passed away down. Uh, he was in the. Um, in the San Antonio area. And yeah, I never really, I went down to his daughter's wedding and I never really understood the scope of Texas until you get down there and realize like um, people, well, you're going to, you know, just drive over to Houston from Dallas. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm stating the obvious people look at the map, but seriously, you don't, uh, there's like three or four or five states. If Jersey can be two states north and south, yeah. Texas can be like six. Texas is a monster to get through. Easily, easily break into five different states, and every now and then we look at it and think about it. And if they keep getting weird in Austin, we may just actually do it. I'm not saying it's out of the realm. Uh, all right, we're running out of time. We got to go fast tonight, folks. I hate to say that. Uh, what do we got? Any party thoughts, shots, anything cool going on? By the way, uh, you guys would have loved the discussion, Bill, we had on the show yesterday. Uh, we do what's called Either or Thursday on the radio show. And it was better TV character, either uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad or Tony Soprano. Yeah, I, Ryan, I saw that, and uh, I, 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 my problem is, it's uh, you know, I got a bunch of you know ADD and, and 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 old man tiredness and everything else. So I meant to respond to that. I I don't even know why they are in the same conversation. Yeah. How the hell is and I have full respect for Walter White, but why the hell is Tony Soprano even in that? Why, why is he sweating that character at all? I mean, come on. If you've ever watched, and I know they're both great series, but the 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 small stuff that James G Gandolfini did with that role, um, 
the the you know, the little intangible stuff. I, that's I, I'm clearly biased given the part of the country I come from. Don't get me wrong; I'm fully aware of that. But holy shit, is that not a that is not a contest to me? Yeah, I, I go with Sopranos there, hundred percent every time. It's a walkover, hundred percent Tony Soprano. Yeah, there were some internet geeks that were trying to go for the meth head, but come on, man, Tony. He's a much better, interesting guy. You gotta love him. He's in therapy. Who among us ain't? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we all we all we all identify with that character on multiple levels. One one thing you actually made me think as we're wrapping things up here, um, you just talked about Oilers and Cowboys, and I know where you because I I follow you on Twitter. I love your Twitter feed. Um, the uh, one thing that our our guy Super Seventy Sports brought up. Um, just as we're we're kind of wrapping things up here, old school football helmets. Was there anything better than the Oilers? No, that that was I, awesome. I, I love I, all, I love all the old stuff. Yeah, like I, but that that helmet, the colors, and that helmet with the with the with the oil well on. Like, there's nothing better than that, right? Like, how do you top that? That's right. It was beautiful. It was so nice that in the 70s and 80s. You could have worn that uniform to the prom. <laughs> Some did. Some did. <laughs> you could have worn that color scheme uniform to the prom. It would have complimented your date's dress. It would have been wonderful. I know there's got to be kids out there that roll their eyes, you know, if, if any of them listen to this show. But in all seriousness, just to be a football fan in that time period and have that team and the guy that was coaching that team walk around in, in the way he was dressed with a cowboy hat everywhere. Like, we just did not fully appreciate what we were watching. At that I, I, and I love that they always show that clip where Bum, you know, they're trying to throw the Hail Mary and he calls it the Bummerooski. Run the Bummerooski. <laughs> <laughs> but he Bummerooski, had- that was the Bummerooski. Uh, he, he created that when he was coaching high school football in Amarillo, Texas, for the Amarillo Sandies. The Golden Sandstorm is the official nickname. Yep. of the Amarillo Sandys, and he ran that against Tascosa in 1960-something, and that is where the Bummerooski came from. True I, story. And I, I give him also, give him the Bum Phillips quote about uh, Earl uh, Earl Campbell uh, running in practice. Oh, okay, yeah, so Earl Campbell shows up one year to training camp in, in summer, and they used to make him, you know, run a mile, and you had to do it in under whatever, tie whatever. Well, Campbell doesn't even finish, and the reporters are like, hey, you know, coach, are you are you worried about Earl's fitness? You know, can he handle the load this year? I said, and Bum says, well, I'll tell you what, the next time it's third and a mile, we won't give him the ball. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good it's stuff. so good. Good stuff. It's man. So good. We're lucky. We're lucky to have witnessed that guy. That guy, yeah. Bum Phillips, is one of the great characters in sports history. And I'll say this also, you know, uniform wise. Houston may have it locked up with those Astros baseball uniforms back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, first team with artificial turf, first team with artificial uniforms. Yep. Yep. All right, we've got to shut it down tonight. Uh, you guys have been fantastic. Everybody's had a great time. Again, if you're not uh, subscribing, please do that. You can follow all, all of us on Twitter. I want you to share this, blow it up. We're going to have Stevie back next week. Going to be able to go a little longer next week, but Man, it is time to turn our attention a little bit more and more to football. Don't worry. We ain't going to forget about baseball and everything else. But, you know, on this one more podcast, we're, uh, football is king. So 
for everybody involved, I'm Ryan Hyatt. We'll see everybody next week on the One More Podcast.